You know, one of the things I love about this church is, is how you all step up when, when there are needs. Uh, I was blown away by the, uh, the amount of money that we've raised in the last uh, several years for Pregnancy Care Center. You know, $10,000 I would have never imagined. Um, and, you, you know, if there's ever a time to play golf, uh, I mean, there's never really a good time to play golf, but, but this is one time when golfing is okay. Um, you know, I'm, what did Dan call it? They're, they're hackers and duffers. I'm mostly a duffer. But, uh, but here's another thing. So I want you guys to step up. So I was out there, because I'm more of a singer than a golfer, actually. Um, and so here, here I want to make a deal with you. So we need you to step up. So I noticed out back uh, in the Ecuador auction, there's only one person signed up for the, uh, the, the talent show. And so I want to make you a deal. If 10 people sign up for the talent show, and you, you, I didn't say this in first service, so they need to know about this. If 10 people sign up for the talent show, I will be the 11th person that will sing. So, Keith, can you pick my wife up off the ground right now? She doesn't know about this. I just felt this impression from the Lord that I need to do this. So, so Mike and Leslie, uh, rest of the Ecuador team, and tell Roger Yoder he's going to be my, my singing partner. So, so Wade, sign up, um, and let's do this thing on Saturday night. Step up. All right. I'm in big trouble. So, children, uh, when you came in, you should have picked up one of these uh, word jumbles. If you didn't get one... They're out on the information center. Now, we don't typically do this, or, or this is one time. I know that if you do all of these or most of these, you get a prize at the end of it. But for this one specifically, if you bring me this next Sunday completed, now listen up, I'll have a little something sweet for you, maybe a little chocolatey. So listen up, listen throughout the sermon, because I'll give you some hints along the way. But fill this out, all right? And you may uh, get something sweet next Sunday. So we're in this Daniel story. And this morning as I was, um, as I was praying and just preparing for the message, this is something that, 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 that I feel the Lord impressed upon me. This story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is really about standing up and standing out. You know, and, and as believers, we, we stand out because we stand up for our faith in Christ. And so my question is, have you ever had an opportunity to stand up for your faith? And that standing up caused you to stand out. When was the last time that happened? Or because of the way you live your life, you had to stand up, and that caused you to stand out. Because really, that's what's happening here in this story with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Their standing up caused them to stand out. Now, we've been on this, this emotional roller coaster ride with, with Daniel and his three friends. We, we've seen them be exiled from, as young men, as, as teenagers from 
the land that they loved, the place that they were born, and ripped out of their roots and taken to the nation of their enemy. In that country, they are, they are uh, cultured, so they have to learn the culture, they have to learn the language, they have to learn the literature, and so, so they're really being oppressed. But here are these three young men who, who love God, and so as they are cultured, as they rise up through the ranks, they're sitting at the king's table, and they're expected to eat what royalty eats, but that goes against their faith. And so they respectfully ask that they not have to eat the food that, uh, that the king eats because it goes against everything that they believe. And so they're putting their lives on the line literally by asking to, to change their diet. But we see God blessing them in that, and they look healthier than everybody else as they ate vegetables. And, and then we see... Daniel and his friends, their lives being threatened because the, uh, the, the, the enchanters and all of the king's men couldn't interpret the dream, so they were all going to be put to death. And Daniel says, wait a minute. Let me go talk to the king and him and his friends pray. And, and God reveals to him Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And, and Nebuchadnezzar, at the end of Daniel's interpretation of the dream, at the end of chapter 2, we see King Nebuchadnezzar saying, Surely, in verse 47, your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and the revealer of mysteries. And so we think Nebuchadnezzar's finally getting it at the end of chapter 2. But now today we turn to Daniel chapter 3. And Daniel chapter 3 opens up with this. It says, King Nebuchadnezzar, he must have a short memory. So it says, King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 90 feet high and 90 feet wide and set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. And then he summoned everybody. Anybody that was anybody had to come to this plain to look at this statue, and bow down to it. So, what happened to King Nebuchadnezzar? Why did he build this gold statue? It may be, have been a reaction to this dream that Daniel interpreted, and, and as he thought more about the dream, the dream became more and more unsettling, and and. And, and so he decides to build this statue. This wasn't just any statue that Nebuchadnezzar built. You see, he didn't just build this so they would have another beautiful statue in Babylon. This was a reminder of the fact that Nebuchadnezzar was very much in charge of the empire of Babylon. And by assembling all of these officials at the base of this statue and calling them to bow down before this statue, it was intended to remind them very clearly that he continued to be in charge and he demanded their worship. Worship of him. So this is what it says in verse 4. It says, Then... After everybody had, had assembled in the plain of Dura, it says, This is what, I, what you are commanded to do, O peoples, nations, and men of every language. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, 
pipes of all kinds of music. You must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. It says in verse 6, And whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. So when the music plays on the plain of Dura, all those who have assembled, maybe thousands of people, are to fall face down. And why would they fall face down and worship this idol? Because their lives depended on it. He said, if you don't bow down, you're going to go into this fire. So, so, so get this picture in your mind. Here's this 90-foot high statue, 90 feet wide, made of pure gold, and the music plays, and thousands of people fall down and worship. Except for three men. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego decide they're going to stand up for their faith. And because they stand up, they also stand out. And can you imagine being them among thousands of people who are laying prostrate on the ground? They're standing up. Everybody notices them. And it doesn't take long for for word to get back to King Nebuchadnezzar that these three Hebrews that he had in his royal court didn't, didn't bow to worship. And so he invites, he invites Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to his office. Have any of you ever had to go to the principal's office? I see Wade shaking his head, Dan shaking his head. This was way worse. You see, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow down. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, because of their obedience, there were consequences. Because because. There are consequences at times for our obedience. Obedience is costly, and and obedience for them was very costly. In verse 13, he says, Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and and Abednego, and they were brought before the king. And the king was angry. All these three men needed to do was to outwardly conform to what Nebuchadnezzar was asking. And all he was asking them to do is just to bow down. And then they could have, in their minds, they could have thought, you know what? We'll bow down with our, with our bodies, but, but in our hearts, we're, we're going to stay committed to the one true God. And they could, have, they, they could have tried to reason themselves out of, out of losing their lives. After all, what, what would it hurt to, to bow down if they didn't really mean it? But here's the thing. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they knew what God's word said about idol worship. And, and they knew whose they were. 
They were children of the Most High God. And because they knew whose they were, and they knew what God's Word said, they chose death over worshiping idols. They knew that Exodus chapter 20, God commanded them that you shall not make for yourselves an idol in any form of anything in heaven and above heaven and earth beneath and the waters below. You shall not bow down and worship them because I, your Lord, am a jealous God. And so, so they knew that. They knew what God's word says and they were not willing to compromise what God's word said. They continued to stand up for their God. I have to remember, these men had risen to positions of prominence in the world's most powerful nation. They were standing in the presence of the world's most powerful man. And he was offering to give them their lives back. All they had to do was bow down. Nebuchadnezzar says in verse 15, when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, and all of those other instruments, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing fire. Then, he said, what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Now look at verse 16. Look at their response. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to, you, to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves because before you in this matter, if we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. And if, if he will rescue us from your hand, O king, but even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up before us. In other words, he's saying, look, we know that our God can save us from this fire, but even if he doesn't, we will continue to worship the God of heaven. And needless to say, this ticked Nebuchadnezzar off. He was even angrier. It says, then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And it says his attitude towards them changed. See, I think Nebuchadnezzar had a good relationship with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I think the reason he gave them a second chance is because he liked them. But when they were unwilling to bow to him, to his God, to his idols, then it, he, it says he became fierce. You know, we make the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego this cute little story of these three boys that went before a king and, and they didn't obey and then they got thrown in the fire and everything was okay. But it's really, it's, it's not like that. I mean, Nebuchadnezzar is like Kim Jong-un from North Korea. I mean, he is a brutal dictator. He's, he's sort of deranged. I probably shouldn't have said that. 
He's crazy. And he kills lots of people. And so here you've got these three young men who choose to not bow. And so they're going to, they're going to lose their lives. And, and they're going to lose it in a really, really brutal way. They're going to be thrown into this furnace that he had burning. And I, I wonder, because this was something that was normal, uh, killing people by throwing them into fiery furnaces. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had probably seen this before. So this is a story of three young men who come before a brutal dictator who don't bow down and now are sentenced to be executed in one of the worst ways possible, being burned to death. See, this isn't a cute little story. This is a story about three men who were willing to stand up and stand out and give their lives in the process. says that Nebuchadnezzar ordered, he was so mad that he ordered the furnace to be heated seven times hotter than it had been before. Now imagine being Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So, so they're human just like us. How many of you would be excited about being thrown into a fiery furnace? Probably none of them. And, and so, so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they hear their sentence, they would think the same thing that we think. Oh, my goodness. Like, God has to save me from this. And they were, they were looking death straight in the eye. They, were, they, they knew that in a few minutes, they were going to die this brutal death. They were going to, their, their, their skin was going to singe, and, and they were going to burn to death. so they're, in their minds, they're wondering, what's this going to be like? How is this going to feel? And that, that, that path to the furnace, that walk up to, to the opening of this giant furnace, had to be a long, grueling walk. And says that they get up there. And said the fire was so hot that, that it killed the soldiers that, that took them up there. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, all three get pushed into this hot burning fire. And they're going down, 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 and the flames went higher. And it burns, burns, burns. I guess this isn't funny. But they go down and, and they're, expecting, they're expecting this incredible pain to begin to come over them as they, as they fall into the fire. And they go down and they're laying there and all of a sudden they realize, wait a minute, there, there's nothing happening. I don't feel any pain. I don't feel any heat. My lungs aren't filled with smoke. Like what is going on here? And God was saving them in the furnace. But you know, the miracle of saving them isn't the most incredible part of this story. The most incredible part of this story, it, read with me in John, in uh, Matthew, or Daniel chapter 3, 
Verse 24, it says, Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement, some translations have in fear, and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that, that were tied up and thrown into, into the fire? Certainly, O king. He said, look, there's a fourth man walking around in the fire with them. All of a sudden, there's somebody in the fire with them. That's the most incredible part of this story. Who's in there with them? Who's in there? I, I don't know. I suspect that, that, that maybe Jesus met these, these three Hebrew boys in, in this fiery furnace. It says that Nebuchadnezzar approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out! Nebuchadnezzar couldn't believe his eyes that, that there was a fourth man in there. And I wonder, I mean, Scripture never tells us who the fourth person was. I wonder what the conversation between these three Hebrews and this fourth person was like. I wonder, I wonder if, if, if this was Jesus, if he told them how proud the Father was of them for their, their loyalty and their commitment and their willingness to stand up. I wonder if he told them that because of, of your one act of faithfulness through the generations and generations after you, they will look back, those that are persecuted will look back and your story will encourage them, will give them enough courage to themselves stand up and stand out. I wonder what the conversation was like in that furnace. Because you see, the furnace that, that looked like, like it was the end of their lives, that was going to be this brutal, excruciating, painful experience, turns out to be the greatest thing that these three men had ever or would ever experience for the rest of their lives. The furnace turns out to be the place where they met God. You know what? God meets us in the furnace. He meets us there. God delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the furnace and not from the furnace. Yeah, they had hoped as they prayed that they would be delivered from the furnace. But God decided he would deliver them in the furnace for his glory. And sometimes God delivers us from the furnace, but sometimes God chooses to use the in the furnace experiences to deliver us and to bring glory to himself. You see, Jesus says to us today, I'll meet you in the furnace. I'll be there with you. 
in the, the place where you stand up and stand out, Jesus says, I will be with you. Have courage, stand up and stand out so that people can see him more clearly. And sometimes Jesus says, follow me, and, 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 and when you follow me, it's going to be dark, and, and it's going to be dangerous, and, and it's going to be scary, but, but keep following me because I'm going to meet you in the furnace. And I wonder what it was like when, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when, when they came out of the furnace, what it you know it says it says that that um, uh, that that everybody gathered around and and they looked at these men and 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 they saw that that these men that had been in the fire crowded around and and they saw that their bodies weren't harmed and that their hair weren't singed and, and they didn't even smell like smoke, like they were unscathed. They were perfect and everybody gathered around and, and were in awe of what God had done. I love what Nebuchadnezzar says in verse 28. It, it shows how, how, how crazy he really is. It says in verse 28, he said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel to rescue his servants. They trusted him and defied the king's command. Well, who's the king? He is. Basically, what, what Nebuchadnezzar says is, look, he congratulates them for defying, for having the audacity to defy his authority. He's impressed that they stood up and that they stood out. And it goes on and it tells us that the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher offices than they had had before. He lifts them to new positions and, and gives them new authority and, and greater influence in this Babylonian empire. Sometimes God delivers us from the furnace and sometimes God delivers us in the furnace. And as I think about this for my life, I have to ask myself the question, do I live my life in a way that I stand up? And I worry sometimes that in our Western mindset that, that we, we love living in this comfortable world. And the danger is that, that, then that the primary focus of my life becomes avoiding furnaces. Always asking to be delivered from the furnace and, and always desiring 
that, that my primary goal in life is that, that I am comfortable and that, that I am safe and, and that I'll never experience any pain. And so our prayer always is, God, deliver me from the pain. God, make my life easy. God, God, make things pleasant. God, remove all of the obstacles from my path so that life can be enjoyable and easy. And, and we avoid even low-level flames. But God's called us to something much greater. God calls us to a dangerous life because he has something better for us. Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 16, he says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Jesus is saying, live a stand-up life. Be willing to stand up and stand out, even if it means the furnace. I'm to take up my cross and I'm to follow him. Regardless of the cost to my personal life, I must deny self and I'm called to, to absolute surrender even when it's incredibly hard. And I want us to consider this. To, to stop asking for less heat, for an easier, richer, more pleasant, and more secure life, and be willing to say to God, I want to stand up, I want to live for you, I want to stand out because I know there are greater things for me. And we live our lives in expectation that God is going to do great things through us, in the furnace. And the reason that we get bored with our faith is because we're not live, willing to live in the furnace. And I see people walking away from their faith saying, it's, it's boring, it, it's not. When you live a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego kind of life, a stand-up kind of life, I guarantee you it will never be boring. I guarantee if you would talk to these three young men, they would say, our lives were never boring. 
because they were willing to stand up. So my challenge to you, to myself, is that you would ask the question, how will I live a stand-up kind of life every day in a way that I stand out to glorify What are you going to stand up for? I'd love to next Sunday get back together and talk about all the ways that we had opportunities to stand up and stand out. Maybe it's the place you work. Maybe the place you work, you learn new words every day, not good words. It's a rough environment. And you think, if I could just work somewhere else, if I could just work somewhere better. Maybe there's a Nebuchadnezzar at the place that you work. Somebody that needs to see you stand up and stand out. That looks at you and says, there's something different. Something different. What about you is different? That will point people to Jesus. Let's be Shadrachs, Meshachs, and Abednego's. sure what your plane of dura is but he will ask us to do those things and he will give us the strength and the courage to walk through